Today's episode of the Triangle Sports Take is brought to you by Charmin Toilet Paper. Charmin, ultra soft, just like Jeff and Jason Capel. On today's Triangle Sports Take episode, we are uh, going to talk some college basketball. We're definitely going to recap the Carolina Duke game. We're recording this a couple days after. Uh, actually, as we're recording this, the Carolina Wake Forest game is ending. I'm not very happy about that, so this will definitely make for an interesting uh, podcast episode. Um, I, I guess I'll kind of kick things off and just talk about what I want to talk about, and we can go from there. Uh, you know, so as far as Carolina basketball goes, it looked like in January they were kind of rounding into form. The only loss they had that entire month was on the road to a top 10 team in Virginia when we didn't have Baycott or Nance. So, you know, coming in the month of February, I thought, hey, maybe this team's hitting their stride. They're kind of getting things figured out, playing how they're supposed to be. Uh, and so I was very wrong about thinking that. They clearly are not hitting their stride. They're clearly not where they're supposed to be. They're exact opposite, actually. Just last week, they lost a, a one-point game to Pitt. That was a, a heartbreaker at home, first home loss of the year. Uh, very frustrating game for sure, but, you know, when we lost the pit, I thought, well, you know, maybe that'll kind of piss them off a little bit and get them refocused uh, to go play in Cameron Indoor against Duke. Uh, so then, you know, the game against Duke happened just a few days ago. Uh, Carolina lost a close one. Uh, and Mitchell, I, I don't know, well, I'll hear from you here in a few minutes, but I, I feel like really neither team played all that great Saturday night. Like the whole time I was watching, I was like, man, I feel like you know, Carolina's not playing good, but they were still losing most of the game. Felt like Duke couldn't play good enough to, like, pull away, really, until maybe the last minute. Um, but some some reasons why I think Carolina lost. Um, the main reason, Pete Nant scored two points and shot one for nine from the floor. Uh, you, you can't have that out of one of your starters. I mean, he was basically non-existent, didn't do anything good the entire game. Uh, and, I mean, this is the guy we got to replace Brady Manick and – I mean, he's a significant, significant downgrade from Manic. Uh, really expecting to see more out of him this year than we have seen. Another thing is, is Baycott didn't have a shot attempt the last 12 minutes of that game, which that right there just blows my mind. I have no idea how the best player on your team, the player who you know could possibly be ACC Player of the Year, we don't know for sure yet, but I think he's one of the front runners. I don't know how you don't get him the ball more often. I don't know who's to blame for that. I don't know if it has to do with coaching. I don't know if it has to do with the guards not being able to get him the ball. I mean, obviously, part of it, you have to credit Duke's defense. I know uh, Derek Lively played some pretty good defense down low, but there's still no reason for Baycott to not even have a shot attempt the last 12 minutes of the game. Uh, that's that's unfathomable. Another thing about this game is Carolina had no transition offense, which if there's anything you associate Carolina basketball with in the years of Dean Smith and Roy Williams, it's... They've always been a team that, that can run. They can get out in transition, score baskets that way. Uh, I mean, Duke was outrunning us every single chance they could get. No transition game at all. Um, and, and I did give some credit to Derek Lively. I also want to give some credit to Jeremy Roach. He's basically the only Duke player who I think was on their team last year who came back. He played really well. Um, and, and then a couple other things I wanted to kind of point out was Honestly, I didn't feel, after Carolina lost that game to Duke, I didn't feel as down or as sad as I usually was when we lost to Duke. And probably a big part of that is just the fact that we, you know, beat them in the Final Four last year. I don't know if it's going to be like that just this year, a few years to come. I'm not really sure. You know, obviously I was a little disappointed we lost, but really not as much as I usually was. Um, 
And, and another thing to kind of ask you, Mitchell, as I kind of stop talking here is if the Carolina-Duke rivalry is always at 100% intensity, I, I felt like almost like Saturday night – you know, maybe it was the whole new era without Coach K or Roy Williams being out there. Maybe it was the fact that they played in the Final Four last year. I don't know. I almost felt like it was at like, you know, maybe 98, 99% intensity. Still the best rivalry in college basketball, but maybe just like a tick below what it usually was. Um, but uh, that, that's what I have to say for now on the Duke game. I'll, I'll talk about the Wake Forest game here in a few minutes. But Mitchell, I do want to hear from you on kind of your thoughts on Duke in general, I know they had a tough loss last night, but also about the Duke-Carolina game. I just kind of want to hear some of your thoughts on that, too. Yeah, um, well, first off, I apologize if you guys hear my dogs, Knox and Winston, barking in the background. They're in the car, and we just pulled in, so they think they're about to get out. But uh, first of all, yeah, I'll take the win. Uh, I agree with you. I don't think either team played lights out. Neither team played champagne basketball. Um, Sometimes that's what it takes, but hey, happy with it. I'll take it. Uh, I know you hit on a lot of the things that I was going to talk about. Um, and to tell you the truth, I watched this game at a restaurant on my phone, unfortunately. Not really where I prefer to watch these kinds of games. I like to be in front of my TV, preferably by myself or with my dad. But um, unfortunately, that wasn't possible this time. But um, I think what you said, I mean, you, you made two points about Duke that I was going to touch on. Um, Jeremy Roach, was, he played really well. He was penetrating. He was getting into the lane, um, hitting layups. And honestly, you don't really see that out of Jeremy Roach a lot, which tells me maybe two things. He was playing well. He was driving, being a little more assertive, which is good on Duke's part. But also, I have to think that part of that's just UNC not playing good defense. Because I got to say, Duke is not a – they're not a contender for any kind of title this year based on what I've seen from this team so far. So I think it's maybe a little bit of both. But – as you said, I gotta give major props to Derek Lively. Dude was a beast in the paint. He had he finished with eight blocks, I think, uh, like maybe thirteen, fourteen rebounds, and I don't think he had double double figure scoring. I think he was at like eight points, but um, he was close to a triple double. He dominated the paint. Um, and I mean, other than that, and that's that's really all I got. And I didn't get a chance to analyze the game to the extent that maybe I usually do. Um, but definitely decided to get the win. Um, and yeah, that's, that's it for me. Um, and I, I can talk, touch on the, the Miami game a little bit later, kind of when you're talking about the Lake Forest game, even though I wasn't able to watch it. Okay. Yeah. And I think one thing you mentioned having to watch that on your phone in a restaurant there. So when it comes to Carolina and Duke, there's very few things that me and Mitchell agree on. But I think one thing we both have said we agree on is we, we wish this game was pushed back to like an eight o'clock start, how it used to be a few years ago. I don't know who made the decision to push it up to like six or six thirty, but you know, like you said, you're at a, a restaurant watching on your phone because it's prime dinner time. So this is yeah. uh, this is our petition that we're going to start that we want this game to be moved back to like you know eight o'clock, eight thirty, something like that. Put it after dinner time so everyone can really yeah. uh, sit down and watch and enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. And and one thing you mentioned, Carolina didn't play good defense. I I don't disagree with that. I also want to point out, I feel like last year when when Carolina had those two wins and Cameron in the Final Four, R.J. Davis definitely outplayed Jeremy Roach. I feel like the other day on Saturday, Jeremy Roach definitely outplayed R.J. Davis at that point guard, that, uh, point guard battle. I really feel like yeah. the last couple years, it's been whoever wins that matchup wins the game. Um, and again, it was that was evident on Saturday, but uh, definitely some good points. Yeah. I, I know we... 
Uh, each of our teams have you know played a game and actually taken a loss since that day, so we do want to talk about that. But uh, first, let's let's kind of open it up to Cody. I know you have some thoughts on state. I, I think actually as we're recording, they're about to play Virginia, so that's a pretty big time game. But uh, give us give us some of your thoughts on state and kind of how these past couple weeks have gone, Cody. Been impressed by state. They've uh, they've played well. Um, their defense has been good. They lost to Carolina, obviously. But, I mean, otherwise, they've, you know, that's the only game they've lost in, like, their last nine or something. Uh, everybody's kind of playing. Everybody's scoring. Everybody's rebounding. DJ Burns has been big in games. Traquavion Smith has been big in games. Jarkel Joyner's been good. Uh, Morcell's been good. They're all kind of... It's not the same guy every night, but every night we're having somebody step up to the plate and uh, carry the team. So, been impressed. So I know last year this time you were like big time on the on the fire Kevin Keats train. I'm assuming you've kind of turned around uh, on that based on how the season's gone. Well, he's proved me wrong. Last year. NC State as a whole didn't play any defense. Uh, I mean, one of the worst, one of the worst defensive teams there was. And uh, this year, it's turned around. We play defense, and uh, that makes all the difference. Your defense and your team defense and your effort overall. So uh, when you uh, when you start doing that, makes makes a big difference in the long haul, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I, I think I saw something where the top twenty five poll came out the other day, and I think State actually is now in the top twenty five. They came in at number twenty two, and I I don't remember a time where State was ranked and Carolina and Duke were not ranked. I don't know when the last time that was, or if that's ever happened, but uh, that's. Definitely historic occasion that, you know, that's the case between the three of our teams. And one other thing I thought of the other day, and Cody, I think I might have mentioned it to you when I was talking to you this past weekend, but I think this is the first time since maybe like the early 1960s that out of the three head coaches in the triangle, NC State has the most um, experienced head coach in Kevin Keats, you know, with uh, Carolina having Hubert Davis is only the second year and John Shire for Duke only the first year. You know, Keats hasn't been at State for super long, but longer than both of them. So that was another interesting fact I wanted to point out. And um, I, I think you also mentioned when I was talking to you this past weekend that this is probably the most evenly matched that the three teams in the triangle have been, um, which I, I'd probably agree with you on that too. Is You know, it's probably been years since they've all been uh, this evenly matched. Now, looking ahead for kind of the next few weeks for NC State, what do you think is the biggest game that they have? Do you think it's the one that's starting right now against Virginia that will be over by the time this episode is posted, or is it the one against Carolina? Is there another one that sticks out to you? You know, I think going forward, oh, man. I think going forward, obviously, the game against Virginia is huge. Uh, Highly ranked team on the road. I mean, just a big-time game. From there, you've got Boston College losing records, Syracuse, fairly mediocre. And you've got Carolina at home, 
Wake Forest at home, Clemson at home, Duke on the road. So not an easy close to the season. I mean, Wake Forest has played well against Carolina today. Um, Carolina always plays state well. Syracuse is not a pushover. Clemson is decent, and they're going to be fighting to be in the bubble. Same with Duke. Uh, I mean, tough, tough going forward. I think they're all must-win games in my book, but that's every game to me. I think Virginia today, if we can be good in that game, possibly even win it, that's a good start. And then I think if we win four out of our final six, we're in pretty good shape. Yeah, I would agree. I actually didn't know that State and Duke were playing each other a, a second time. I know sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But as far as the, the, our three triangle teams that we talk about on here, I guess they're all kind of one and one and one against each other. Um, they've each won one, lost one. So I, I guess we'll kind of it'll kind of play itself out the next few weeks to see really who is the best team uh, in the triangle and see if you know how many of them can get into the tournament. I, I feel like the three of them have all have decent chances, but again, they're still the most important games are yet to be played. With, with all that being said, I'll go ahead and speak on the Carolina Wake Forest game, which as we're recording just wrapped up a few minutes ago. And, and then we can hear from Mitchell talking about uh, just a little bit about the Duke-Miami game. I know he said he wasn't able to watch much of it. but I, So I texted you guys before this game tonight, and I also texted this to my dad too, and I said, if Carolina loses tonight, I'm officially hitting the panic button. Well, let's just say I took out the panic button, I cocked my arm back, and I smashed that panic button as hard as I could. Uh, they lost tonight. They, at one point, were down like, I don't know, 25, 26. They did kind of cut into the lead a little bit and make it closer. I don't know what the final score was. I think they got it down to 10 at some point. But, uh, I mean, you, you could tell right from the first few minutes that they were going to lose this game and that they just weren't into it. They weren't giving effort. One thing I'll give them credit is they haven't really gotten blown out this year at all. All their losses have been close until now. And, you know, Wake Forest is not a bad team. They're decent. Carolina actually beat them a few weeks ago in the Smith Center in Chapel Hill. But there's there's no reason you should be down 25 points to Wake Forest. And I don't know, for the first time this year, I've actually thought to myself, I don't know if we're going to make the NCAA tournament. I'm not sitting here saying – Oh, that's it. We're not going to make it. But I like I am panicking a little bit and thinking, you know, this team could possibly go from preseason number one, the national runner-up from last year, to possibly not even making the tournament this year. And I don't know if, if there has ever been a team that started off preseason number one not make the tournament. I'm I'm honestly not sure. Maybe at some point there has been, but like that that would be embarrassing if that happened. So uh, the rest of the season just got a whole lot more important just in terms of making the tournament and it's kind of annoying that we're in this situation because we were in this situation the last you know couple years or so where we were like kind of on the bubble coming into the end of February and I thought for sure this team wouldn't be like that but you know nevertheless they are I, I don't know what the big big issues are with this team but if if they're going to get things turned around I think there's two um two main points or two main players that we kind of have to focus on. Uh, you know, for the most part, R.J. Davis has played really well. Baycott's played really well. Leaky Black's done what we've asked him to do. Uh, I think Pete Nance has to be more aggressive. He has to become a guy you can rely on to score. I'm not saying he has to put up 20 a game, but if he can put up 12 or 14 a game consistently, that would be huge. And then I think the main thing is we need – 
that Caleb Love from last year to show up for once. I mean, he he's had a f- some flashes this year, a few decent games, but he just hasn't been able to really put it all together and become the type of player everyone thought he would be this year. And I think to me that's the biggest thing is I think this team's going to go as far as Caleb Love can take them because Baycott and Davis are already doing what they can do. So, uh, yeah, breaking news. I'm hitting the panic button. I'm a little bit worried about the rest of the season. I really don't know what to expect. I, I feel like this team is talented enough to do something like they did last year, but they're just not really showing it. So I'm very frustrated. Uh, kind of kind of glad we were doing this podcast tonight so I could come out here and vent a little bit and kind of go over this. But uh, I'll take a step back. That's all I had to say now. Uh, Mitchell, I don't know if you're back on the phone with us, if you wanted to say anything about the Duke-Miami game or anything else, really. Yeah, um, I, so I didn't – so I was actually at a business conference last night in Atlanta, so I wasn't able to watch any of the game, unfortunately. I was checking the score on my phone, um, and I've got a pretty big group of Duke fans on Twitter that I kind of can, like, look through my Twitter feed and get an idea of what's happening in the game. Um, so I was reading their comments and stuff and kind of went back this morning just to get, like, try to figure out why the score was so bad. And, I mean, basically it sounds like the story of every – bad game that Duke's lost this year is literally the same story. It's uh, They have a slow start. They get in a hole early, just like they did against State, just like they did against a couple other teams. Can't think of off the top of my head, but I know that this has happened at least three times this year. Um, trying to think of who the other team is, but anyway, um, they slow, the slow start, and then they start getting competitive. I mean, they're basket for basket. Maybe they'll score two, and then other team will have one, but I mean, they just get in a hole and they can't get out of it. And it's, it almost seems like the team just kind of, they slow start, gets in a hole, kind of just gives up a little bit. And do I, I don't think that they actually gave up, but it, the body language from what I saw on Twitter, even though I didn't see it with my own two eyes, made it just seem like they kind of give up. Um, and I, I didn't, I, I mean, I didn't see, you know, I, wasn't watching the game, so I can't say that, oh, their defense was just really bad or, oh, they just turned the ball over. And, and to be to be honest, they, that has been probably their biggest Achilles heel this season, it, turnovers. I mean, it's like and they're probably averaging like 15 turnovers a game. You can't turn the ball over that many times a game and expect to win. I mean, you just can't. And you, you think about the turnovers, and then they're not hitting shots, and they're done. And, you know, you get down – 18 points in the first 10 minutes of the game, those freshmen, they just, it's hard to keep them motivated. I mean, if you had more of a senior group, an older, experienced group like like UNC does, maybe that doesn't happen, and they kind of showed it tonight by clawing their way back, even though they didn't win. I'm sure Hubert was at, at least proud of the fact that they um, they made it in a close game after kind of kind of getting hit. So um, that's kind of the difference. Um, as far as, I mean, I know we were talking about the tournament a little bit. Um yeah, I mean, just how, like, State plays Virginia next, Duke also plays Virginia next. So it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be, that's going to be a tough game. And if Duke somehow squeezes out a win, which I doubt they'll do, I'm trying to figure out, it looks like it's at Virginia. So that's going to be really tough. I do not expect Duke to win that game, honestly. If they keep it close, I'll be happy with it. I mean, it'll be nice to have State back at home um, for the last game, but for uh, coming up, but I can tell you that. I mean, it, I mean, I, I saw. I said it. I think I said it after the 
podcast um, we recorded after the Duke State game the first time. But, I mean, State's legit. They're a good team. They got, and I don't know player names, but they got that big guy in the middle, and he he's a great player, I and mean, he really is. Um, but yeah, I mean, Duke's probably got to win one, two, three. I mean, I hate to start talking about the ACC tournament already, but it's kind of like a factor of how many regular season games do you win versus how many tournament games do you win. And I think that Duke probably needs to win at least four more games in the regular season to get into the tournament. I mean, maybe they win. Maybe they win three, and then maybe they do really well in the tournament and they get in. But like, they gotta at least win four in my book, maybe five. Okay, yeah. Obviously, I I don't keep up with Duke as close as you do. I don't watch them as much, but it does seem like this year they've been a completely different team on the road versus at home. And I feel like the last couple of days kind of show that winning at home against Carolina and then just getting destroyed on the road by Miami. Yeah. That, yeah, and they have been worse on the road. They definitely have. And that's kind of something that you get with freshmen is they just, you know, they don't, they're not exposed to that hostile environment. They don't have the experience to be able to handle the pressure, I guess. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens the rest of the season. Um, I think as far as chances of them making the tournament, I think their chances are probably still better than not to make it. But they're definitely, like, if they take a few more L's, they're definitely in trouble. All right, so Mitchell had to hop off for a few minutes, so we're just going to go ahead and wrap up the show, maybe give a little shout-out to the Hurricanes. Um, I know the the outdoor game in Carter-Finley is coming up here in just a few days, so if there are any uh, loyal listeners who want to donate tickets to the three of us, we will gladly accept those as a donation so if anyone wants to uh give those to us just let us know um but cody how many games in a row have the canes won like seven eight nine or did they did that winning streak end oh man they've gone like 22 three and three in their last 28 games or something yeah yeah i know they've been on a roll so hey hopefully we can keep it up you know let's we'll we won't talk about them too much so we don't jinx them or anything. We'll just kind of watch from afar and hope they keep doing what they're doing and uh, carry that in here to the later part of the season. Um, but we did want to give them a quick shout-out. Uh, and then we were going to just kind of touch on the Super Bowl a little bit, so that is coming up in a few days. Uh, Chiefs versus Eagles. So, Cody, I want to ask your prediction. Uh, who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to be the MVP? Give me Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Yeah, I that's probably a very good pick, very popular pick. Uh, the thing for me, I think it depends on how healthy Mahomes' ankle is. It wasn't 100% against the Bengals. They were still able to win. But I'm going to say I'm not completely convinced that he's 100% healthy. And I'm going to say Eagles win. And I, I guess I'd give the MVP to Jalen Hurts. I don't think he looked that great against the, the Niners, but I'm going to say he has a big game, and uh, I think the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. Wow. Um, any Anything else you want to touch on Super Bowl-wise? There's nothing else I really wanted to go over other than just kind of giving a quick prediction on win, loss, and MVP. Is there anything else you wanted to mention? No, not really. And I think it was – maybe it was the last time the three of us were recording um, – Apparently, near the end, you had fallen asleep, and that's why we couldn't get your last uh, last opinion on our last episode that the three of us ran on. Do you want to issue any kind of apologies uh, to the listeners for falling asleep on them? Uh, no, I have no apologies. <laughs> All 
All right. I just thought I'd ask. Um, anyways. Yeah, I was, I was okay, what was that? I was tired. I fell asleep. I have no regrets. <laughs> yeah, I can't can't blame you. Sometimes we record these a little bit late, but uh, all right. That's that's all I've got for today. You know, I'm sure we'll have a new episode probably in the next few weeks or so. I know we got some big games coming up. Carolina State coming up. Duke and State coming up. Carolina and Duke last game of the regular season. So still a lot of basketball to look forward to. Uh, so we appreciate everyone who listened, and hope everyone has a great week.